Welcome back to Time Sync. This is episode 36, 6 squared. I'm co-host Amoldi. And I'm co-host Hamza. We promise for the next couple episodes, there will be no discussion about death, our meaninglessness in the universe, or any of that stuff. Whoa, you promised me, Hamza. Whoa. You promised me that. Whoa, hang on a second, bro. What meaninglessness? Uh, well, Hamza, like I said, none of it. None of it. Okay, well, fine, but it's meaningful. All right, let's go on. All right. So this is one of those things where like it consumed my feed for like a week and it consumed it in a way that pissed me off so much that I wanted to talk about it. Have you heard of, and I guarantee you have, NFTs? Uh, That's about fungus, right? Or something? No, Hamza, it's not fungus. I know a joke you're trying to make, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I vaguely know like a little bit about it. Like, what is it? Like non-fungible token or something like that, right? Yeah, I I think it's pronounced fungible. It's one of those like softy situations, but yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. NFT stands for non-fungible token, which is a fancy economic word for non-replaceable token. All, all I all I remember seeing it on was like, supposed. I guess apparently you can uniqueify art or something. Like you can just say like this is someone's stuff and it has a token attached to it, so no one can steal it. Kind of deal. Yeah, basically it's it. Basically it's like. It uniqueifies a piece of digital. The, it, it can be used for anything technically, but it's usually associated because it's like the new thing. It lets you uniquely identify like ownership of a digital file, basically. Yeah, which 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 sounds kind of interesting because like normally, if you like, let's say you do something digitally, you you draw something or whatever, or you you create something. Someone could take like a screenshot, and it's kind of like there you go, it's gone now. Like like they just took it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Not the best quality, but yeah, I could take YouTube. I could just, you know, I could. I don't have to do like anything on my end. I could just go to like Google search YouTube to MP4 and download that video and then upload it myself. But like, there you go. I made a video. Yeah, or just take the video down and then mess with it and do stuff. I mean, like you know, like have a copy of it kind of deal. This is one of those things where I'm not sure how I feel about it yet, honestly. Like even though I did like some some research into like what is an NFT exactly, like what is it actually, not just beyond the. The basic, it lets you prove that you own a piece of a digital file or something on the internet. And basically what it comes down to is, it's just one of those things where if, if you've ever taken an economics class, you, re- you run into this problem of like, you realize it's all like hand wavy. Nothing, none of it's actually real, almost. Like if, if someone asks you like, okay, how much is a US dollar worth? And you can be like, oh, well, it's worth one US dollar is worth one US dollar, which is like, Seventy-five percent of a U of a pound, like a U, uh, English pound, or it's worth a hundred y- Japanese yen. But like, or, or you go like the real practical round, like okay, well the material to make it costs X amount of U.S. dollars, so one U.S. dollar is actually worth t- you know twelve cents. No, no, no one thinks that. Uh, well, when, when they say like how much is a dollar worth, I think it's usually like relative, like like you said, relative. Like it depend with with the different currencies in the world. This is how much it's worth, or how much purchasing power does that dollar have? Kind of like you know, if you, but that like depends on the region and stuff. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's like this one U.S. dollar is worth a tenth of a Rubik's cube. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, if you take that U.S. dollar somewhere else, like now it's only worth half. Now it's worth half a Rubik's cube, or maybe only one fiftieth of a Rubik's cube. And but eventually, you reach this point where it's like, well, okay, yeah, I get that you can compare it relative to everything else, but like, where's the base? Right, like what's like you know? I compare it to X, and then I compare X to Y, but then Y compares back to X. It's like the circular logic kind of thing, 
and eventually you just you literally just come to the conclusion that we all just kind of agree yeah. that the US yeah. dollar has value and that's it. I I'm assuming it first started with like actual it actually had backing. Like I don't know what currency would this be, but it's like this is backed by this much amount of gold or whatever. So it actually has some intrinsic value. It's not just nonsense. Yeah, first of all, yeah, it used to be backed by like uh shall we say real object. Not to say that the US dollar isn't a real object, but like it's this physical thing that has like as far as we know, it's a limited resource. No, it's 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 a there's a term for this. Like I think it's called Oh yeah, it's called fiat money. How's that spelled? Like the car? F I A T? F I A T, yes. It's a government-issued currency that's not backed by a physical commodity like gold or silver, but rather by the government that issued it. And so basically, like... So what's the opposite of that? Non-fiat? Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't, I don't know what it, was, what, it, what it would be called. But basically, all paper currencies generally are fiat currencies. They're not backed by any actual, you know, gold or silver. Like, in, in history... It used to be backed by gold and silver, right? So if you if you wanted to like, it would be like a kind of like a like, kind of like trading. I'll give you some gold, which has low inflation rate. You give me something like this, it's kind of like a, okay, I have something of value. It's bartering with extra steps. Yeah, this is kind of like here's ten bucks, but it's just like if you just think about the paper, it's like here's ten pieces of paper, and they're like, what, like what the flip is this? What, what am I gonna do with ten pieces of paper? Yeah, like if I if I try to establish like time sink bucks, and it's like five time sink bucks. Is equal to a hundred U.S. dollars, and I go to a store and buy something with time sync. They kick me out. They be like, "Get the hell out of here." Well, yeah, they'll they'll kick you out. But if your currency got strong enough backing, they'd accept that, and then 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 it'll be kind of like, it's a little dangerous because you can have like t- lots of currencies in the world, and then the government will be like, "Hang on a second, we need to, can we regulate this? Can we do something like this?" You know, that's a whole other problem. I always wondered how did people, uh, how did governments even like get that first step the door kind of thing like how do you get people to stop using gold and start using like their money and apparently it's it's actually super obvious once you hear the solution it's like the government only would accept taxes in that currency yeah it's it's a uh, i almost find that a little little strange you know like i tend to view things very you know in a in a cynical way maybe i don't know like basically we always say like i'm the cynical one they're like no i'm the cynical one i think we're just we're both cynical in different ways yeah yeah like the, the the banks of the world and the the governments of the world, they're like conniving people that want to manipulate the economy so that blah blah blah. It's like imagine imagine you're living and you have a bunch of gold and they're like, yeah, you can only pay with this paper nonsense. And then you have to trade your gold or whatever for that paper nonsense or something. That's like terrible. Like, but then they did that and then people were forced to do that and therefore they it's the case now. Yeah, because I, I guess people just got tired of having to like, oh, let me convert the gold to U.S. dollars. And then use those U.S. dollars to pay taxes, but then keep the gold for everything else. Over time, it kind of bled out. So like now everything just uses the the made up U.S. dollar. Like if the government wanted to, they could just be like, "All right, we're gonna print fifty gajillion dollars," and then like the, all that value goes away instantly. Which is exactly just exactly like you said. It's it's a little scary because um, imagine like you just said, imagine like an, uh, your currency de- like gets devalued. Like it's very it's worth nothing now, or it's very little. All your money is gone. Even though you have like, even though you have a thousand dollars right today, it's nothing the next day. But if you had a thousand dollars worth of gold, like if you had a, if you had a chunk of gold, like a, a few, I don't know, pounds of gold, it would still be worth the same. Like very. Not a pound. I, I think gold is very expensive. I think it's a couple of grams to be a thousand bucks. All right, whatever, dude. I'm just throwing some numbers. If you have some amount of gold, you still, and then another year passes, the gold will still, you know, relatively be the same. The only time that gold will get inflated probably is if you discover more gold. 
which you know yeah which is i feel like it's i feel like it's getting harder and harder i feel like yeah you'll see i watched them watching like a documentary like how they mine gold now it's like you don't see gold veins anymore like you don't see the gold in the rock they just shovel a bunch of rocks and they just go through like a thousand chemical processes to get as much gold out of those rocks as possible wow yeah see so it's, it's a little it's a little scary and it is technically i feel like in a sense it is very limited like there's only so much gold on the earth like mm-hmm. yeah maybe there's like underneath the cross there's like a bajillion dollars worth of gold but eventually once we get there there's a there's a stopping point yeah which kind of which kind of makes sense right it makes your makes your gold valuable if it's a limited resource right if you, if you can just print if you can just print more gold then why would anyone care about the mon- amount of gold you have right so that's that's i mean well you can say something with the u.s dollar right that's the whole point yeah that's the whole point that's exactly the point i'm making yeah yeah, but anyways, and it, this this actually leads really well into NFTs because that's like the things we talked about, like the danger of like a government being able to just devalue your entire life savings account, essentially just because they accidentally printed too much or because they took a they went they tried to do something and it failed or whatever. Is it kind of leads to this idea of cryptocurrencies? That's kind of like what they the people who believe in cryptocurrencies as a future technology of monetary transactions. That's what they believe in. It's like. It's this decentralized thing. It's like it's just numbers and math. Nobody can just go in there and mess about with the numbers. Because the numbers are just numbers. Let's explain this really quickly. Like normally, your money and your currency would be would be stored in banks, and if you want to make a transaction, usually you'll you'll take the money from their bank and you'll move it to another. Ba- uh, you know, you'll move it to someone else's account. So it'll 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 basically transfer from banks to banks. I, I withdraw five bucks. I give those five bucks to you. Because I owed you, and then you put the five bucks into your bank account. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a what they mean by decentralized is that you're kicking the bank out. Like it's like, it's like the bank is not part of the middleman anymore. The money is solely with the people running the thingy. And then of course people are like, okay, but how's that work then? How do you keep track of who has how much and whatever? And that's what like it gets like very math heavy. Basically, there's a bunch of math that you can look into. It basically boils down to this. This is the example that we see, and I feel like it's the best way to explain it. It says, imagine you and I want to make our own currency, right? Just between you and I. And, you know, we call it time sink bucks, right? And we can agree, okay, $1 is worth one time sink buck right now, like today. And we convert a bunch of our dollars into time sink bucks. And we just write down a piece of paper, you know, Amaldip has 50 time sink bucks. And Hamza has 100 time sink bucks. And then anytime I want to get something from you or you want to get something from me, we use time sink bucks. And we just write down the piece of paper who sent who how much, and that's it. That's pretty much the entire concept of crypt- cryptocurrency right there. Whoa, you missed a huge part portion of it though. Like, how do you get more of that cryptocurrency? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. getting more of it's like yeah, there's like hash functions and all that. I think that's the crux of the matter. I, I don't even consider it like math heavy. I think it's more computationally heavy, energy heavy. Like you're like you're almost trading uh money for energy. In, in a I sense. see. The, like the electricity to uh, and the computing power to do it. If you look at, if you just, I don't know how, how deep you want to go into this, but if you look at Bitcoin and stuff like that, the way they function is whoever writes these, like like Amoli said, like whoever, Amoli said, like, like you said, whoever writes these records, uh, transactions, yeah, like the records, someone has to be able to verify that what they wrote is correct. Otherwise, there's a lot of corruption that could happen, right? How can I trust you, your records versus my records versus someone else's records? Um, so what they do is they, like you said, a bunch of math and hash functions, whatever, who cares about that stuff. But the main crux of the matter is whenever they write their records and other people in the group or in the, in, in, in the, in the cluster can verify that, okay, this person's record is correct. 
they'll give that person some time sync bucks or some Bitcoin. Where is that coming out of? It's coming out of nowhere. So it's, it's, it's actually literally coming out of nothing. They're like, here you go. Yeah. We'll give you this 10 points for this. It's system. just like, yeah, you get these points for, you basically get points for recording transactions. And then, of course, like I said, like if you want to look into it, which is like, it's beyond my scope. Like I've watched like so many videos about this and I just can't get through my head, like the math of it. But there's a way to verify that like no one's making fake numbers, basically. You have to get like a certain set of numbers. Whoever can get those certain set of numbers gets to write to the record and they get the couple cents or a couple dollars or a couple whatever um, time sync bucks for doing that work of getting those numbers. And it's, it's just guessing, basically. The machines just guess numbers and try to get the right numbers. Yeah, you don't need to... I don't think you need to know the math to understand. But the, the idea is it's very hard to compute the number. I mean, it's hard enough that it takes a long time. It takes computational effort. Computers have to run constantly to guess a bunch of numbers, like you said. But it's very, very easy to verify. If I give you, like, oh, the number I got at the end was 10. All you have to do is plug into a function and be like, yeah, that's right. And then everyone else can do that and say, that's, that's correct. We'll give you the points because you were the first person that did it. But if I got wrong, I would be like, sorry, that's wrong. Or and there's a lot of other things that in in the blockchain that you can figure out. But the point that that's I think the basic basic crux of the matter is like it's like you're getting you're getting the currency, but it's created from nothing. And so a lot of these cryptos, I mean especially Bitcoin, I don't know about the other ones, but Bitcoin is limited. It actually has a cap of like three whatever. That's the fascinating thing is that it's designed so that the more you get or the more that's in circulation, the harder it is to get more of it. Yeah. So that this it forever approaches this number, but net will never reach it because it just gets harder and harder to get more. Exactly. Um, and we never know. Like it could be that later on they decide to just put more in there. They could literally just decide, hey, you know what? Now the cap is six million or the six billion or whatever, whatever the cap is. We're just gonna increase that now. Like they can decide that because it's it's made out of nothing, right? And the only reason this currency is uh, I don't is, know how, but I don't know how easy it would be to actually get that to work. I think you have to get like. Well, it's, it's it's easy. Like like you're like like here. I'm giving you ten points. I'm giving you ten points. I'm giving you ten points. Now the max the max is at three. Whatever. Now I'll just say okay. Now the max is at six. Nothing nothing needs to change. Just keep giving keep giving the currency. Like they, like they, they make it. They make it. I don't think that's possible, Hamza. It like, is possible. I, I don't think that's impossible to change anything. It's it's not that either anybody like two dudes could get together and decide it. No, it's not two dudes. It's, it's like the Bitcoin Council of whatever that's running this. They'll do this. They'll decide this. But then, it's like, but then it's no longer decentralized, right? If these people can just decide when they want to up the count, there has to be someone. There is, there's already, there's always someone that has to run this thing, though. What, what do you mean? Like, it's not, it's not like we just start our own. How can we join the Bitcoin trade if we're just trading ourselves? We have to get it from somewhere, right? Someone has to give us the Bitcoin. the 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 point of the decentralized part is our transactions. Like, like if I want to, tr- if I want to buy something from you, I'll give you Bitcoin, and that Bitcoin doesn't have to go through the through the banks or whatever. It just goes straight to you. Straight to your your Bitcoin wallet or whatever. I see. Okay, so basically, someone, some there is like a committee or something in charge of running these things and making sure things operate smoothly. There has to be. It's just yeah, I guess it makes sense. It has to be right. Like I can't imagine it not being. But you never know. Maybe maybe just willfully ignorant, right? But yeah, I guess it makes sense that they have to have something in charge, making sure that everything's running smoothly. But then when I want to send money to somebody, nobody else has to be involved besides the person I'm sending it to and me. Yeah, but and and I think you'll find another issue is, like, who cares? Like, for example, see, people are doing this, and some people have a hundred bitcoins, some people have a thousand bitcoin. But if I want to buy like a, a banana at my food market, will the vendors like will they even accept the bitcoin? That's the whole point, right? Currency is only valuable if someone accepts that as as actual like valuable value. Yeah, actual value. They have to be able to accept that. Like like you said, time sink bucks. No one will accept that. 
It's the same kind of concept. No one will accept Bitcoin either. If I go to my local farmer's market, will they accept Bitcoin? Right? Probably probably not, to be honest. But Not yet. Not yet, of course. And the reason why this is why Bitcoin and, and other cryptos are blowing up is because of these big boy companies, Elon Musk and big boy names that are like, yo, we're gonna we wanna get Bitcoin. We wanna use Bitcoin. You can buy I think you can buy like a Tesla with Bitcoin now or something. Like all, all these things because they're giving value to Bitcoin, it is becoming valuable in in another sense. Yeah, this is, it goes at the circular logical kind of thing of this, where it's like, it has value because we say it has value, which again gives it value. And and there's another part of crypto, besides the actual getting the coin and whatnot, the other part is investing. I think most people care more about investing like Dogecoin and Ethereum or whatever. They don't really care about the actual coins. Like, I, like there's no way I'm going to mine coins. Like, it's gonna it's too, too hard, right? And people have already done a really good job about it. Probably, I'm not going to be able to. And it's probably too late now. But... I can invest. I can say, "Oh, Bitcoin's gonna do really well." I can put that into. I can put some money on it. And people, people, it's very volatile, which is why people <laughs> tend to. It really feels like it's like. It basically is gambling, like at that point, where it's like it reaches the point where it's so volatile that's kind. Of, of course, people go like, "No, no, no!" You have to look at the numbers, and you can, you can, you can see trends. Like, I don't buy it for a second. It, it, cryptocurrency, it feels a lot like gambling. It may be like better odds gambling than going to the blackjack table at a casino, but it's still gambling. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know enough about it, but it, it does feel like that. Yeah, so back to the, the, the main topic at hand, NFTs. Essentially, like, at a very basic level, or I guess like a really high level, like super looking down upon it, NFTs are basically just on that ledger, on that piece of paper that has all the records. I just, you basically just put like a little thing that says, oh, so-and-so, instead of saying I gave, you know, Hamza five time sync bucks, and then he gave me a slice of pizza, right? Instead, it says, I gave I gave this NFT, which is just a, a bunch of numbers, basically, that essentially say that you own X product or X digital file. And then you gave me 20 time sync bucks. And that's pretty much it. That's the only special thing about NFTs. It's just like, it's this number that's generated based off the file and that allows you to say that you own it. And it only works because people agree that it works. Like if someone were to say, no, 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 I don't believe that. That paper doesn't count as saying that you own the file. Then like, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, uh, but uh, you, you're right. You're definitely right. And it's like it's like someone's signature. Like you can forge a signature, right? But I think the thing is, this is really difficult to forge. And it's... it's, it's uh... No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, saying like, I'm not saying that it's hard to forge like on the record. I'm saying like, for example, like, how do you know that you own your house? Like your parents own the house you live in. Well, it's like, oh, well, you know, the bank has the deed to the house. Well, what's the deed to the house? It's essentially just a piece of paper that says I own home. Yeah, yeah. Right? And like if enough people agree that that paper, paper doesn't count, that doesn't count as you owning the house, then in a sense, you don't own the house anymore. Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. But it's like we live in a civilized society. So it's kind of like exactly. we agree. This, that. Is the, this is the exact same thing. I feel like people will be more harsh on the NFT because it's like a digital thing. And they'd be like, oh, well, you know, yeah, the guy gave a number that says, oh, he owns the file and he paid money for that number. But I don't care. The number doesn't really mean anything. Does he really own it? And like, it's just as real as like saying I own the house I live in well, because well, I have a piece of paper that says the deed to the house. I thought I thought the whole uh, revolutionary thing about NFTs was the whole forgery thing. Like, like, yeah, like you can't, you can't, you can, you can forge a bank, uh, like a, a house deed. Like, you know, just take a photocopy or something and then burn the other copy, change a little bit, Photoshop a little bit here and there. Yeah, it's, you can detect it, but it's, it's it's difficult, right? For NFTs, it's like, it's impossible because they're backed by their their their, their chain or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get it. Once again, like, I'm not saying that you can fake a new NFT that says you own this thing that's already owned. 
I'm just saying that it's, it's this thing where people have to say owning that number. Uh, like the record says, okay, he gave him the NFT for to own. Like recently in the news, I saw like Charlie bit my finger. You know that? Remember? Like yeah. way like, yeah, decades ago now. That video was on sale. The NFT for that was on sale. And somebody bought it, I guarantee you, for a super amount of money. But somebody bought it. And if someone could just say, like, yeah, the record says you bought this NFT for this video. And therefore you own the NFT. But then people have to just agree that that counts as actually owning the video. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It has to be some kind of law or something that says NFTs are now yeah. are are now at that level where people. Yeah, it, it's like it like, I said, like you said, like oh yeah, someone could like destroy your deed to the house and make a new copy and modify it so that they own the house or something. But this is like you could have the copy, and if the bank and enough big corporations and stuff, and I'm a corporation, just the big legal bodies all agree that that piece of paper doesn't count anymore, then you lost the house. And the same thing, the NFT. If some people agree, enough people agree that this number doesn't count as owning the thing anymore, you no longer own the thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But in another sense, if someone has the Mona Lisa, and that has an NFT attached to it, versus a different Mona Lisa that I created, which has which doesn't have an NFT, it you can tell you can tell which one is the actual one, which one is the fake one, and who owns that one because of this reason. Because right, it's like it's a convenient in that sense. I think. I honestly think NFTs could be this really cool thing. Like it's one of the things where it's overhyped at the moment. Like, in the same way, like, I saw a video that gave, like, a great example of it that I feel, like, really resonated with me. Was, like, in the early 2000s, there was this dot-com bubble. Where, like, a thousand companies, they were selling stocks, and they were doing really well. Like, stupidly well. Like, they would go public, and then by the end of the day, they'd be worth 10, 20-fold of what they started at. Just because people were like, oh, this internet thing's a big deal, and blah, blah. And then eventually it happened where the bubble popped and all those companies went down to being basically worthless. They were worth zero dollars, zero cents. But the internet still sticks around. Nobody looks at that and says, oh, the internet was this, this fad and now the internet's gone. Like, no. And I feel like NFTs could be a similar thing. Where, but right now... Was the dot com? I mean, I don't, know, I don't know much about that, but was that because people were, were like, kind of like stocks? Like they were betting on, they were investing in the dot coms or was it because they were yeah, buying yeah. the dot coms? It was the stocks. It was stocks. Okay, that's it stocks are always like that like you know like the same thing with the coin right like people people are investing in the stocks but the coin itself is the actual you know value thing right yeah yeah but but the thing i'm getting at is that like nfts are kind of like i think that at that period right now where it's like this huge hype and they're worth a lot of money people are let me see i have it i have it up here let me open it let's see how much was it there we go i found it the charlie bit my finger that sold for like seven hundred sixty one thousand dollars Right, this is the NFT for that video, and I feel like this is the perfect example of like the stock price that's too high, right? It's oh, worth yeah, way yeah. too much, and eventually it's gonna like one day it's gonna like I feel like it's gonna go pop, and all of a sudden no one's gonna care about NFTs anymore. Like but NFTs for artwork, like at these ridiculously high prices just because they're NFTs. But I could see NFTs being this thing that like yeah, if you wanna own something, maybe not, maybe a physical thing, like a like I could see a future where the deed to the house is an NFT. Yeah. And instead, yeah. of, instead of going to the bank and having that deed verified through the bank or through a government, it's done through this ledger, which I guarantee you governments will not want to do ever. They will not, I don't think they're going to let that happen, but you're going to, I think, I think it's, there's going to be some pushback because governments don't want decentralized systems, right? They want to be able to control everything. I mean, that, that kind of makes sense. That's the job of the government, right? It's to control things. Yeah. But then if, if the currency, if the, if the digital currency somehow exceeds the value of the, the currency that you, like imagine Bitcoin is more valuable than the dollar. 
In fact, it, it, not even more valuable. Just more adopted. Yeah, more. Adopted. I mean, that's even more more of a threat. And other countries are using Bitcoin too. It's not just America. So it's like if that's the case, they have to be scared about it. And I think China. I remember reading something that China's already getting on top of it. They're making they're making digital currency. They made their own like national digital digital currency or something, and they they're, they're using that one instead instead of like anyone else's privately owned currency. I don't I don't know how true that is, but I just I just thought it was interesting because I I'm also curious to know like how decentralized is that really? Like, oh yeah, it's no. kind of like it's probably like not at all decentralized actually. It just kind of gives people like oh look it's cryptocurrency, but really we control it like, just the same way we control whatever the currency of China is. Yeah, yeah, you kind of, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a difficult scenario because whoever controls the money kind of controls everything. A big portion of, yeah, I mean, I would say everything, right? Even though the government is kind of like, oh, we run these rules and stuff. If this currency is more valuable, then why do we need the government? I mean, I, I, I won't go there. But here's something I found that was interesting. Actually, you know, before we get there, the NFT thing that you said, I thought NFT was really hyped too. And I was like, I was excited. I was like, oh yeah, NFT, that's cool, stuff like that. But NFTs are, blo- are, are backed by a blockchain, right? Yeah, and and blockchains require tons of energy and computation to run. That's the only yep. problem that I don't like. It's like imagine people literally have farms of just computers running constantly to crack these numbers. With these numbers, you can you can finally you can use that ledger to get some coins or whatever. I don't know how the NFT system works, but I'm sure it's something similar to that. It's like I'm pretty sure an NFT is just on the ledger. It's the exact same as any other transaction. Yeah. Okay. So, so there it's you go. Yeah. Same process. On that once once I don't know what the exact process is to make an NFT, but once it's made, it's the exact same as anything else on the ledger. So imagine all the electricity, it's literally gone to waste. Like I was, can you imagine? Like imagine wasting actual like, I didn't even think that was possible to waste to waste it like in that extent. Like leaving a fan on for like a year and not going to the house or something like that. That's kind of wasting electricity, kind of deal. But at least the fan is running or something. This is like, you're running computers for yeah. The computer just like spits out a random number. And if it isn't the random number you want, it throws it away. And it just keeps spitting out random numbers at like a bajillion times per second. And and people, it's just, that's the only problem that I don't like about it. I don't like the wasting of energy. That's just, that's just, that's not good. That's not good for the, it's not, it's not good for anything. Not good for the environment. Yeah, I think it's not good for like anything, period. Like if, I remember a friend of ours sent an article to us about like how they used, I just said around, but they use, there are services where you can use public s- servers and stuff to run programs. Right, essentially. Oh yeah, I, I think I saw something similar to that. Yeah. Yeah, with like these these uh, farms that companies own, like you know, Amazon, it makes most of its money through this web services. It yeah. basically, even though people when people think of Amazon, they think oh, you know, the store you can buy stuff from Amazon to come. I want to say I read a number. It was like I think over fifty percent of the money of Amazon that Amazon makes it makes through providing these servers that people can just run their programs yeah. on. Basically, I, I can believe that. Yeah. And so there are some publicly available ones of those too. We can like they're very obviously very weak, very limited. It's not as up to snuff as the ones you could pay Amazon for, but they, you know they let you do what you need to do for most people. And now they can't do that anymore, or they have to be more limited because people are abusing those free resources to mine crypto. Exactly. To that, waste that electricity. I think I saw that. I think I probably saw a similar article where they were like they're trying to figure out is there a way that we can make it so that. We just ignore the the farmers and just give the money to like 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 we don't want the farmers to use our services. We want we want the service to be used by people that actually want to make these web services. But how can you detect someone is farming for someone? And there's many different algorithms people have just devised. Like oh we can do this, we can try this, we can try this. But then they but then the farmers come out and say well we try this and we try that. And then it's like, now it's a it's a it's an arms race. And so if if they're able to succeed in this, the farmers are able to succeed. 
all free services will just go away and they'll, they'll have yeah, to be paid they just won't yeah which is just very unfortunate is it like what's that story tragedy of the commons it's, like, yeah, it's, it's a perfect commons. example of that yeah it's sad but anyways here's here's a cool thing that i saw really recently and it's it's like i saw because it's, it's league of legends related so there's 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 a pro league of legends team called tsm team solo mid okay they're north america's na's lcs team and okay they're a big team they're really famous blah, that was blah, a lot blah. of acronyms that was a lot of acronyms i was like you got to explain all those oh uh, uh tsm just the name of the team lcs is the league championship something and it's uh it's basically north america's okay grouping for again there's like the lep which is like i don't know china's or something you know kpl whatever there's different acronyms for different things but lcs is kind of like america or north america but america and so tsm is one of the big boy teams it's a very old team for league of legends uh, to play competitively what they did recently very recently they announced a multi-year naming rights partnership with cryptocurrency trading platform ftx i've never even heard of that before this naming convention but i guess that's the whole point of this and it's worth 210 million dollars and it's the largest transaction in, in, in at least competitive gaming history is what this article says basically it's just for naming it's just for naming rights this he's like here's 210 dollars uh put the ftx brand name in your brand name and and it's wow that's it and they'll also give cryptocurrency to their members and etc etc but the whole point is they want the name of the brand to be they want their name to be way higher up they're willing to spend this much money for just crypto which is uh, i think insane that is pretty crazy. Do you think that? Do you think that'd be profitable? Do you think they're gonna like make it? They probably will. I imagine someone's done the numbers. That realistically, they're gonna make back all that money. I have no idea. It sounds so insane to me. But then the the TSM is usually they're always like on top of these kind of like trying to invest their money. It's really quickly. I mean, they're bad at the game, but they're good at investing. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. They're they're good at the game, but but like relatively, right? Uh, but anyways, the, the point is um. I just it's it's also you get to a point where there's so many currencies in the world like like cryptocurrencies like there's Ethereum there's Nano there's Do- Dogecoin Bitcoin blah blah don't count Dogecoin stop counting Dogecoin as a good oh, okay whatever this coin that coin this coin and you can make your own coin you know I just saw Boba coin or something one day you can make your own coin but then it's a lot of these are gonna die out some is gonna be more used than others but there has to be some way to like trade them and you know it just seems a little it just seems like overcomplicating everything now i just remember it was like a, it was a tweet i wish i don't think i could ever find it if i wanted to but it was like these people were having like a very in-depth discussion about the technology behind cryptocurrency and like different security measures and different techniques they approached because like each you know ethereum versus bitcoin they're both cryptocurrencies but the way they approach things can be very different you know under the hood yeah, yeah sure. and, and they're talking about all those details and somebody like asks the person who made dogecoin and asks him what is the what, you know what how did he approach these problems when he made Dogecoin? And his response was basically just like, I made Dogecoin as a joke, bro. I didn't think for t- two seconds. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's like, it's, it's, it's that easy to make it if you, if you have the know-how. It's like, as a joke, you can just make one. Uh, yeah, and I think Dogecoin, it's not even about the value of the coin. It's more just the stock, like the, the value, the investment of the actual coin, how good the coin is doing. That's what people care about Dogecoin. Rather than, I have three Doges or whatever they call it. I don't know how they call it. You know, these, these currencies, right? I don't know. All I know about Dogecoin is that like, somehow Elon Musk is involved in like a really roundabout way, and that's literally it. like I think like he he like made a joke about it on Twitter, and so its value went up super high, 
and then people started to believe that it was actually a legitimate thing. And like and now it's now it's not. And like I don't know how I don't know that's, any of that. That's because like he he also came again. I forgot on I think SNL or something. And you could see, I, I saw this on Reddit. There's there's a plot where they showed as soon as they showed Elon Musk, the value of Dogecoin dropped insanely because they, I think I think he said something really stupid or something. And people are like, boop. And they, they, imagine your whole currency being backed by just one person saying something. That's not good. So people are like, oh my goodness, this is this is trash kind of deal. Kind of related to like the discussion we had a bit earlier about the government backing the their money and like how they want their money to be the money. I remember I, I searched online because I remember when I was a kid and I have family in England and I remember I visited them back in like when I was like elementary school, and I remember at that time, a pound was like. Double a U.S. dollar. Yeah, yeah. And so in my head, I thought like, oh, that must mean a pound is worth twice as much, mm-hmm. and so I thought the same thing. And so yeah, so England must be like twice as do the country was doing twice as well as the U.S. Yep. Yeah. And then like as I got older, I learned wait, the Japanese yen is worth like essentially one yen is like one cent. At the, like you know back when I checked or whatever, it was close enough that I didn't care for the details. And I was like, oh my god, Japanese economy was doing terrible. And then like eventually you get older, you realize it's kind of like it's not, it's not an arbitrary the actual conversion rate. All that matters is how they change relative to each other. So like now a pound is not worth two U.S. dollars. Like ever since like Brexit happened, it took like a nosedive, man. It's crazy. What what is it? Do you know what it is right now? I don't know what it is now. You wanna check it up real quick? One pound to dollar US dollar. One point four one dollars. One point four one dollars. So let me just check. So, what, so what that's what, a twenty five percent drop? Well dude, what the, wait, is this right? One dollar is worth seventy cents or seventy pounds sterlings? Wait, what? No, how's that? Oh no! Wait, 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 that sounds like that's one right, British yeah. pound is one point four dollars. So yeah, then one, the inverse, the one, inverse would be yeah, yeah, point seven ish. Yeah. So. But yeah, but like, yeah, so it's gone from Pretty one to drop. two to one to one point five. The 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 rate that you had earlier, right? It was two dollars is one British or or one pound or two pounds is one dollar. Two dollars, one pound. So one pound, one pound equals two U.S. dollars. Now it's one pound equals one point five U.S. dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a twenty-five percent drop, which is an insane amount. Granted, it's been a long time, so you know there are more factors involved. But I remember seeing like graphs of like when Brexit, when the vote happened, like just it's a vertical wall straight down. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And I remember I decided to look up how much has it changed. Like you know, at one point it was two to one. Or one to two, and now it's one to one point five, and and there was a point where it was like one pound was fifty U.S. dollars. Wow, jeez. But then I looked into it, like I was like, but it was a long time ago. I looked into it. It was like around the time of the Civil War. Okay. So I, first of all, I don't know how accurate these numbers actually are because you know how how much were they actually keeping track of this? But there was a point like when the Civil War started happening, the U.S. dollar's value went to like almost nothing basically. And then I realized like. I guess that makes sense because imagine if the U.S. government no longer existed, the U.S. dollar literally is worth nothing. Is the dollar back? Is the dollar backed by the government? Yeah, it's backed by the U.S. government. So if the government goes away, every yeah. single dollar is worth zero. It's like it's almost like your the government's currency is like an insurance policy for the government because anybody who has a significant amount of money in that currency will want to keep that currency around and therefore will want to keep the government around too. Yeah, it makes sense. And it's like it's, uh, something about like that conclusion like bothered me. And that bothers me forever. 
was like thinking about like every dollar is just like this insurance company this is insurance to get the government around that's the, I think that's another issue. Like I didn't even think about that, but you make a great point. Like I think that's another issue with the fiat currency model kind of deal. If this was gold, and your and your government died, who cares? You still have, gold is gold. It's gonna be valuable in another country. But if you have the Zimbabwean dollar, which I think is that's the one that kind of that's the one that has hyperinflation, right? Hyperinflation, and I think it's gone now. Like it's just it just doesn't work anymore. But like oh. no one even like imagine no one will even accept that. Like, he's like, this is legal tender. We can trade it for this much. But why would I take your currency when I know it's dying? It's always amazing when you see, like, I think Germany had this problem, too, like, right before uh, World War II. I think World War One ended, and for some reason, like, political reasons, blah, blah, Hitler basically, uh, not Hitler, Germany took the hit for everything and had to pay for everything. And so they printed a bunch of dollars or whatever their currency is, francs, I believe. And... It caused a bunch of inflation and reached the point where people would like wallpaper the house with the money because the actual material the money was printed on was worth more than the du- the money itself. Jeez, it's it's kind of scary. If you think about it. Yeah, I think it's called I think it's called German marks. Oh, marks. What am I? Th- what are Franks then? What am I thinking? Like maybe about? French. Maybe. It's yeah. all up there to me. I don't know anything about like U.S. or international currencies. I know dollar. Dollar is like half of them, right? Is this Australian dollar? Is this Canadian dollar? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of dollars. Yeah. There's a US dollar. Uh, there's pounds. There's euros, yen, and rupee, and that's it. That's, that's I think that's all the US, Ru- all the international currencies I can name. Rupee in Punjabi. Yeah, like yeah, ru- ru- it's rupees in English. Whatever. It's rupees. It's rupee in uh, Urdu, in Pakistan. Oh, is it? Oh. They, but yeah, Pakistan, India, they both have rupees. So it's like Pakistan rupee, Indian rupee. When people say like, oh, the rupee conversion is like, yeah, you probably mean Indian, but I'm just, you know, is it box? <laughs> yeah, same, same way someone says like, oh, how much, how many dollars is that worth? You assume it's US dollar, yeah. but it could be Canadian dollar. Yeah, that's true. Then there's the marks, the francs that we just said. Um, oh, oh, and I know, I think it's Vietnamese dongs. That's the currency of Vietnam. Just because it's, it's just so funny. Not going to say that. Uh, no comment. And uh, <laughs> what is a Russian currency called? Russian. Oh, it's ruble. Russian ruble. Ruble. Hmm. Or kopecks. Oh, it's divided into kopecks. Like cents and whatnot. Kind of deal. That also confuses me. I don't know how cents work in England. Like, I know it's pounds and it's like pence. Well, yeah. Get, get, a, get a pence for this or something? Like a, a, I, yeah. I don't know, dude. I'm not British. I know that uh, uh, in Canada, they don't have $1 and $2 bills. They only have coins. And they're referred to as loonies and toonies. Oh, like Looney Tunes from Looney Tunes, the show? I don't know. I have no idea. But the $1 coin is called a Looney and the $2 coin is called a Toonie. It must be. It must be like a Looney Tunes joke, right? I'm, which came first, the Looney Tunes show or, or this this currency naming? Because that's crazy to name your currency after a show. Yeah, I'm, I'm, okay, here's another question. It's compl- I guess it's not very random because it connects to Looney Tunes. Can you spell Looney Tunes for me? Oh, no. Uh, uh, well, you're putting me on the stuff on spot here, dude. Okay, uh, I, I guess you only care about the loony part. No, I want the whole thing. Oh, okay, okay, I'm surprised. Okay, um, so for loony, let's see, L-O-O-N-Y, loony, and then for the tunes part, um, this thing, is it T-O or T-U? No, it, it's, it's, uh, hmm. it has to be, because they're tunes, right? It's a T-O-N-S, yeah. Yeah, okay. 
Actually, I only asked that question for the second half. I actually don't know how to spell. I don't know how to spell Looney. I think it, I think you got it right though. But yeah, but you got the tunes wrong. Oh my goodness! It's more. it's tunes as in like music. Looney I knew it, tunes. Dude. I knew it. I just said it, I just said it that way to to throw everyone off. Of course. Why? Why is it Looney Tunes the music? Because apparently before it, a lot of the early animation was like to music, so you would go and you'd watch the Looney Tunes while listening to tunes. I'm sorry. I have to check this, dude. I have to check this. I can't believe it. You guess it's the history of Looney Tunes now? Also, uh, is there a Y? Is there an E in there? I feel like there should be an E. My friend's saying there's an E, but I don't think there is. In Looney. There is a L-L-O-O-N-E-Y. Okay, yeah. That's what I thought. Looney. Okay. But let me see here. Well, there is a logical explanation in the 1920s uh, animated short films called Silly Symphonies. And blah, blah, blah. Sheet music sales were huge parts of the profits of the studios. It was the pop music of the day oh that's weird so like they made more money off the music sheets than they did the actual animations so they named it after the music sheets so disney's silly symphonies were super popular so warner brothers decided to make merry melodies and loony tunes oh and that's actually very funny <laughs> yeah they call it loony because they wanted the characters to be whacker than the characters of disney so no we're not silly we're loony yeah we're loony we're, we're crazy I don't know. That's pretty, pretty good actually. Good to know. Yeah, that's that's one of the things where like I learned that fact and I was like, no way. They, they must have like rebranded it like at some point and like it originally was tunes, but now it's like the music and now it's the cartoon. But nope. What is it's it called? Always been tunes. What, what is it with called music. again? With the um. Oh, Mandela. Mandela, yeah, Mandela effect, right? Like the the Bernstein Bears. That's the one that like I still like. I have a hard time accepting, honestly. No, there's the um, I think people said that the books and the shows have different spellings or something. They don't. No, I swear. I swear. I remember reading. I, someone showed me a picture where they had different spellings for different things. It's not like a. There is an explanation to this. Was this like a recent development? Because I would have heard. Uh, I think I would have known. Uh, uh, this is not recent. I saw this like a long time ago. But yeah, for those who don't know, there's a show, there's a book series and a famous show in the U.S. that was called The Bernstein Bears. But like almost every single human being on Earth who remembers this show and these books refers to it as the Bernstein Bears. Including myself, until someone pointed it out to me. Yeah, I thought it was S-T-E-I-N, but it's actually S-T-A-I-N. And everyone's like, how can that be? How can that be possible? Blah, blah. Mandela. This is one of those things where it's like, how, how much can you trust history books? <laughs> it's like, if no, if like enough people agreed and we didn't have the record of it, that it was spelled Berenstein Bears, it would 100% be written down in the history books as Berenstein. It says... A few examples of the E-I-N spelling were found in references and knockoffs of official merchandise and publications and cartoons for the series used in ambiguous pronunciation, blah, blah. Basically, people have merchandise that says Berenstein, like E-I-N, which is not official. Knockoffs. But thing, when I think of the Berenstein, or, the Berenstein Bears, I think of the PBS show that I grew up watching as yeah, a kid. Yeah, yeah, same and I searched up the show, I searched up the theme song, and like, it's A-I-N. Yep, Although, no, to be fair, they are writing the article about like how it's pronounced weird. It's really hard to tell whether they're saying Steen or Stain. I think they're saying Stain, right? But it's, No, they, could... are, they are Stain, Stain, because that's what it says on the on the, the cover and everything, like in the theme song or the title card. But because of the way it's, cause it's sing-songy and the way the, the characters talk, it, you could easily have missed... If you missed the A-I-N in the title card, or you're, you're like me, you're too young to read at that point. And you just go off the sound. You could totally, I could totally see someone like hearing it as Steen. 
No, yeah, of course, of course. It's like the Yanni or Laurel kind of thing where like you can hear it differently, but it's the same thing. What is it? I remember, I remember seeing something like that, like it's the different tones, the different pitches, or something that people get confused. Your with brain picks up on different ones or something. Yeah. That's always that's always creepy to me. Where it's like, yeah, your brain's doing a million things in the background, and depending on what process in the background happens first, it completely changes your perception of reality. Okay. I was gonna. Say, I was about to say like I don't think it's that deep, but okay. yeah, it makes sense. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, NFTs. Are they hype? Time will tell. They're probably hyped. They're overhyped. I really hope that they don't pick up. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like, do I? I don't. I don't really care that much about the environment. You know, I mean, it really probably shouldn't say this, but I care enough that I recycle once in a while. But it's not. It's not that I, I like. But I, I don't. I don't. I don't just turn my light, my lamp on. And then leave it on if I'm not in that room. Even though I know that oh, I'm still paying the money for that bill and, and money is a transaction. I feel like it's a waste of electricity, right? This is kind of like, it's it's so crazy. It, it, I, I, I think I remember seeing like they're using more electricity than like some countries because they can't afford that much. But they're using this for their mining. Like that shouldn't be used like that is what I'm getting at. Then people are going to be like, oh, just, what if it's used renewable energy, right? Like there's no harm to the environment right if it's pure renewal renewables there's still environmental concerns right like yes. how are you converting the yeah it is interesting that th- this i would never have thought that the argument of cryptocurrencies and stuff would be one of environmental yeah. concern same like that was kind of like i left field for me it's like oh that's why we care like a lot of people care because of the environment that's why this is like on people's radars yeah, I mean, it's an interesting concept, um, but for the layman, like you and I, kind of, I'm not going to be making my own currency or, or mining. I'm probably going to be investing or... Uh, I wouldn't even do that. I, would, I wouldn't touch it. But I'm, 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 I'm giving it, like, for, I think for the most people, that's what they would probably be doing rather than actually mining for it. Yeah, yeah. I think the people who actually mine with the currency is actually way smarter than the people who use it in the sense that they, ha- they own it. Yeah. Oh, do you know the movie Free Guy? Can you say that again? The movie named Free Guy. Free Guy? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, okay. It's a, I saw a trailer for it. It's basically the entire plot from what I can gather is Ryan Reynolds is in a video game. He's an NPC. And he basically gets, he gains sentience and realizes he's in a video game because someone, cause one of the players like informs him somehow. And it's like this whole thing where the game developers want to stop this NPC from going rogue, essentially. It sounds like, it sounds like a Wreck-It Ralph kind of, you know? Yeah, it kind of is, actually. You're right. It's like a live-action Wreck-It Ralph kind of thing going on. But I promise not to get ex- existential on this episode, so I'm not going to. So we're going to ignore all the existential questions that that kind of thing brings up. What interested me was at the very end of the trailer, it said the words, only in theaters. And that genuinely that kind of shocked me to see that. Because I've, I've genuinely gotten kind of accustomed to the idea of like movies come out in theaters and they're available streaming like same day. Streaming? Like, uh, what, is that, what does that mean? Like, can you give me an example of that? Like uh, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. That movie came out in theaters and like the exact same day it came out in theaters, it was available to watch on HBO Max. Oh, okay. okay. HBO Max is pushing this way harder than any other company as far as I can tell. Like, they're the ones who are like really pushing it. And that's AT&T, I believe the company that owns it that owns like hbo max and like a bajillion other production companies sure i mean there's a lot of money to be made yeah 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 and like 
I was I was really hoping that, that would just be the future of movies. I was really hoping that that would stick, and now it's like oh, I don't think it's going to, because of this. This movies are kind of breaking the mold. Like oh no, they're going back to like normal. It says it says um, movie theaters only, as in like it'll never come out streaming, or it's just not going to be released. Well, I assume eventually once it comes out on DVD, it'll come out to streaming. Like you know the way it was before COVID, where it's like it comes on streaming after it's oh, done with this the- okay. theatrical run. I assume. I mean, I don't know. I don't have any numbers, but I assume they make more money just from like like the the movie makers, not the theaters, but like they make more money just by putting it in the movie theaters first, and then streaming, right? Rather than at the same time. See, I because, don't know if that's the case because people would have to go to the theaters then, rather than just. Right, you know. But I don't think I don't think they actually make the sale from the tickets. Like they don't get money from the tickets. It's more like they sell it to the theaters, and the theater pays them, and the theater pockets all the money from the tickets. All of it, really. Wow. Maybe not all of them. Maybe like a percentage goes to them too. But I think it, the most of the money comes from like the upfront transaction where the theater just buys the rights to stream to play the movie. So you're saying like how much is that really worth versus... Yeah, because I remember it was, a, it was a big deal when... uh Like this is early into quarantine. When Trolls 2 came out, like the World Tour, whatever it's called. Yeah. And it was like... It was streaming only. It wasn't even like... It went out in theaters. And it made like so much money that the company... I think it was... Was it Paramount? I forget what company it was. They said that they were they were considering going streaming only. Like they're just gonna skip theaters altogether forever. How do how do they, how can they tell that this movie made this specific movie made that much money from streaming versus their because it's a service right probably with a bunch of other movies. Yeah, I guess it just what was this? I'm trying to remember if this is like on this was this is this was like one of those movies like Disney Plus. Disney Plus does this thing where yeah. it comes out and you pay for access to that movie. So stupid. Right? Which I feel like is an outrageous thing. Like, you have the streaming service, leave it on the streaming service. But well, now it's like, now you also pay on the streaming service? Let me pay 15 bucks for your streaming service. And then on top of it, maybe 30 bucks for Mulan or whatever it was. Like, what? <laughs> 45 bucks for a movie? <laughs> and then the interesting thing was like, the interesting thing about the Disney Plus example is because Dis- those are Disney movies that do that. When uh, Mulan came out, it was 30 bucks, I believe, the number. When uh, Raya the Last Dragon came out recently, that was also 30 bucks. But between those two, Soul... A Pixar movie, which is owned by Disney, but it's Pixar, came out, and that was like free to watch on Disney Plus if you had the subscription, wow. like day one in theaters. So it's like it's like it's like just Disney is doing this for Disney movies and not other Disney products. Wait, day one too? Like is yeah. The... Okay, interesting. I was like, that's, that's that's an interesting business model. So I don't actually know how they get the numbers. If they're just looking at the stream, the number of subscribers and the subscriber count just skyrocketed. Yeah. And let's be honest, most people they subscribe to stuff and they forget. Yeah, and it, it yeah. accumulates over time. But I remember, like, it was this huge deal where they they made that statement saying that they're looking into like being streaming only f- forever, and then AMC made a statement saying we will no longer be we will not allow any of their movies into our theaters if they go through with this. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, dude. Like, wh- I I don't like how the, th- the theater is kind of like I don't want to call it blackmail. I don't even know what it's called, but it's kind of like the theater is like what. what? A threat. A, a threat. threat. Yeah, right? it's, it's it's a threat. Exactly, it's a threat. It's like, those, like, they're like they're like, oh, we'll do streaming and theaters, and then AMC's like, no, you won't. <laughs> you won't do that at all because if you put it on streaming and theaters, we just want to put it in theaters. Yeah, which is like, screw you, AMC. Like at that point, I would just be like, because that that seems like a very like, like a very messed up thing to do, to say, right? I mean, it's a, I, I know it's one of the things where I can see it very. It's very business practical, because like yeah, I assume AMC is gonna take a huge hit if they go streaming and theaters. Because most people are just going to be like, I'll just watch it at home on TV. I don't need the theater experience. 
Yeah, okay, except for the Tuesday. I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't know. I just something something about something about that just makes me not feel right. Yeah. So I, I assume because I don't think you have as many streaming services. Like, have you noticed? Like, have you like have you enjoyed the beauty of being able to watch movies day one at home as opposed to going to a theater? Well, I've already told you before, dude. I never, almost ever, watch a movie day one. Anyways, I'll usually get to that movie like in a couple of years. Does at that point it doesn't even matter where it is. But to me, it's like I understand that if like you have to go out and go go out of your way to watch a movie, but like if it's on a streaming service that you already own, it's right there. Like why would you not? I know, right? But I just don't. I mean, piracy is everywhere, but I don't. I don't. Literally, someone will tell me this is a great movie, but I'll be like, okay, but I won't watch until a couple of years down. I literally just yesterday watched the second movie of The Matrix, because. Oh, to be fair, The Matrix movies came out before you were born. I can't. I can't let that slide a bit. Yeah, two thousand three. I was alive then. But uh, but in, in, anyways anyways I, I I see what you're saying okay but the, still any whatever movie it is usually I'll wait a long time I don't know why I do it it just something like but for, for the Fantastic Beasts and where to find them we watch that like day whatever day zero as soon as it comes out <laughs> straight movie theaters watch that right away um, if it was also streaming at the same time probably still go to the movie theaters just for the experience to be honest interesting so you actually. Get, you feel like you get a lot of value out of the movie theater experience. The thing is, I don't really go to the movie theaters that often. For me, it's valuable because I rarely go. Hmm. Okay, I see. I guess, yeah, I guess there was a point in time where I felt the same way. And then yeah. I went, like, a bit too often. And then it kind of, like, lost its luster. And now I'm like, I'll watch it, whatever. Yeah. I guess it's what, just like NFTs. Time will tell. I'm really hoping it's streaming and movie theaters. Because, like, I don't care that much about movie theaters. If it's a movie I care about, I'll go watch it, like... I don't know, like, if a, another Avengers movie come out, I might watch that in theaters, whereas I'll watch, like, the next Captain America's or Iron Man's or whatever. They're both dead. I don't know why I named those two. If I put... Whoa, no spoilers. What the heck? It's been plenty of time. Whoa. It's endless. Timeless. Timeless. No, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Wait, Captain America, technically. Heck, whatever. Let's but not yeah. get into that. Yeah, yeah, uh... I, I, I totally get the convenience though of just being able to just stream it from home and it just but I get the movie theaters too it's, it's kind of like if you make it streaming then the movie theaters will be like why should I run the movie like I don't make that much money anymore they'll go down and then you're like oh now I can't even go to the theaters anymore and then kind of be like now nah, that's a little bit more valuable and then it's like a back and pull I remember a long time ago when I first got into podcasts and it, this is like before I even talked to you about podcasts and I was thinking about making my own I remember thinking that we should instate a rule that would be like you can't talk about a movie until it comes out on DVD. Because I always hated it when I would listen to podcasts and they would talk about movies that were recently came out, and I, I I didn't go to movie theaters that often, so I would have to like either skip it or pause that podcast and come back to it after I'd watched the movie just to avoid spoilers. And I was like, if I make a podcast, I make it so that you only talk about movies after they're on DVD, like plot specific stuff after it's on DVD, so that anybody who wants to should have had a chance to watch it. Your question, Muldi. Are you watching normal normal podcasts or a podcast about people actually reviewing movies? Because I feel there's a little difference there. I don't know. This is like a normal podcast. Where it's bring up a movie that they happen to watch over the weekend. So your your criteria is it has to be on DVD for us to talk about it. That's what it, it was, was way it was, back. And then like as I then I started going to movie theaters more often, and I realized like oh no, I could totally see why if someone watched the movie in movie theaters, they, why would they why would they want to wait till it's on DVD to talk about? Because it? it's a it's a pretty long gap between theater and dvd plus most other people who cared enough they want to get that fix of talking about a movie or listening to someone talk about a movie and if you wait till that long it's not gonna work but this this seemed like it would fix it 
Oh yeah, yeah. I was just saying the hype and stuff of the movie coming out, and whoever talks about it first kind of gets the attention, right? So exactly, and it's like, and I thought like this could fix it right here. It's like it's available streaming and in movie theaters. And it's like then this isn't even an issue anymore, and now it seems like that mm, might, might lose that beautiful thing. We got we got we got a taste of it, and they're taking it away from us. Is there is there a is there a, like a law? It's kind of weird to say it like that, but is there like a legal legal issue where like if if I'm just um. If I open up my Netflix account, for example, and I put on a movie, me watching it myself, I, I, like, I and I pay for the account, so I'm watching the movie myself. That's I'm sure that's okay. If you watch it with your friend, is that okay? Like because sitting next to you? Yeah, sitting next to you, they're watching with you. If you watch it with your family, if you watch it with fifty people, if you pay people to come and watch it, basically, what I'm saying is, can movie theaters just put Netflix on the screen? They're paying like a fifteen dollars subscription, and they just put Netflix on the screen. Isn't that cheaper? Way cheaper? There's definitely there's definitely like a fire law somewhere where like it reaches the point where it's not allowed. Like if it's like oh I invite friends over, that's fine. But if I make my friends pay to come watch it over, then like I, yeah. I, I you're inviting least, your friends, but they have to pay for the seats. You know, not for the watching the movie. They just happen to be sitting there and and looking at the screen. You so know what they can stand. They can stand it for free. Uh, you have to you have to pay a little bit of money to get inside the room because the room is special air. But otherwise, yeah, <laughs> you can stand. Yeah, I guarantee you there's probably a law somewhere. At the very least, it would, it would violate like Netflix's terms of services and they could just cut your account. I'm just curious because that would be... Ooh. That brings us to the end of another Time Sync episode. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you come back next time. This is co-host Amoldi signing off. Oh, Amoldi's not saying hope all the time. See you guys. <laughs> You gotta have hope, Hamza.